Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. OB Clarks was buzzing <laughs> on, on Brentwood. We go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN, and uh, a guy who loves the Blues, loves St. Louis, and, and we love, Kelly Chase, joins us on 101 ESPN. Chaser, good morning. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? Everything's great. Hey, when when that all unfolded, when the Blues won, and then they came home to OB Clark's, and that's another place that we you love every hockey fan, every St. Louisan should love. But is it was the reaction to the cup what you had envisioned in all of your time here in St. Louis, waiting for a cup? Oh, it was probably better uh, to see the sense of. I guess relief almost in so many guys. It was so great. And um, it was interesting hearing Curbs' call. I just think he's the best. And I, uh, I, I didn't go with the team. I, I ended up staying back. Uh, I, I, have, you know, I was working a little bit in Nashville at the time. And I said, I'm going to drive my car when the game's on and listen to Curbs' call. I don't know if it was superstition or what it was. It was I felt like... like I don't want to. I don't know if I was in my head saying I don't want to go and have the disappointment if they don't win or see the Boston fans or be pissed off because they're celebrating around us. I just think I, but I wanted. I listened to Curbs' call and I came into St. Louis just as the just as the game ended, and it, and I stopped on the side of the road and it was the most unbelievable setting at Bush Stadium. You know, I stopped right there and looked over the freeway, pulled my car over into a little area, and I looked over and it was just honking and vehicles gridlocked, and it was so great. And by the time I got to, of course, my bar, which is Hobie Clark's, uh, it was chaos. It was awesome. And I was there for the midnight news. I uh, went down to the, met the guys down at the rink, was there, and then I was there for the 6 a.m. news still. And uh, it was awesome. And, and I had my wife not said, hey, I have to jump in the shower, and I laid down on the bed and slept the clock around, I would have been there for the next night too, but uh, I missed the party because I couldn't keep my eyes open anymore. (laughs) Hey, Chaser, when you pulled over and when you heard the final call, what was your emotion like? Did you get misty-eyed? Did did you get a little, did you hyperventilate at all? How did you react? Misty-eyed? I was crying like a (laughs) four-year-old. It was awesome. It was just like one of the greatest, feelings uh you know it's i don't know like i can see where the fans get in, uh embroiled in it and they get you know the cup is something you just you you see it and you're enamored by it it's like traveling with elvis presley right it's just it's unbelievable the people and the, and what it gathers and the, and the and the attention it grabs but the relief of winning and i say relief because as a player you think you're always going to get another chance. And when you don't, and as you get older, you're like, holy man, a lot of opportunities miss some good teams. And so for those guys to get that monkey off the city's back and the sheer satisfaction for the fans of just what exactly it meant to them was unreal. Like it was unreal. And, and watching how they reacted and, 
And, um, I mean, we did a, we did a really cool thing. Um, we went around town. Uh, Steve Chapman said, look, you've been around a long time. You know all the places where this thing should go that we might not know. Let's go and take the camera crew and kind of hide them and just put the cup down and get footage. And everyone knows Trevor Nickerson now. He just does an unbelievable job of, you know, gaining content for this team over the last little while. And, and uh, the greatest part about it is, is Kerber created the job for Trevor and knew that we needed our own content. And Trevor's taken the ball and ran with it over the last however many years. But they have all this content now of all these great things that happen. But just setting that cup down and watching it and watching what, how people reacted, I mean – you know, everything from putting it down at a gas station and having a bunch of car accidents, fender benders, <laughs> just because people, uh, I mean, we walked into Trotteria Marcella. One of the best stories or examples I can see of that is uh, Jamie and Stevie Comrack were gracious enough. We said, well, whatever you do, don't tell anybody, right? Um, and we, we just brought it in and set it down. And people were just, I mean, the place was, the back end of that restaurant unloaded to the front end to the bar to see the cup and watching people's reactions. And then this older gentleman came in and, and he was standing there and he was just shot, like, just the tears are just running down his face. So Panger was with me and he hit me and he goes, look at this. So I got up and I walked over and the guy was embarrassed and he turned his back to me and I said, sure, uh, I'm, it's pretty cool. And he goes, man, I, I, I look at this thing. I can't stop crying. And I said, it's pretty, it's pretty great. And he goes, I go, I'm Kelly. He goes, I know who you are, son. And I said, well, I just, you want to get a picture? He goes, I just told you I was crying. I don't want a picture when I'm crying. I said, <laughs> I said, well, I said, well, when you, when you want to get a picture, let's get a picture together of this. So I'm pretty sure Trevor's got this on, on video. And, and he said, the last time I saw this cup, Jacques Lemaire was walking it through the back entrance of the Montreal Canadiens locker room. And I was the usher at the locker room door. And I watched that thing go by me and I never thought I'd see it again. Now this gentleman was probably in his 70s, late 70s maybe. And the fact that he was an usher at the old arena when Montreal won and he all of a sudden seen it again, the emotion was awesome. And just to, to see how he was reacting and what it meant to the city, was it was one of the best. I mean, it's maybe one of the best stories I've seen about the cup. That's a great story, Chaser. I have goosebumps listening to you tell that. Unbelievable. Well, I want to go back to you driving back to St. Louis the night of Game 7 and listening to Kerber. You say you didn't know if it was superstition or what, but you just didn't know if you wanted to be there. And that made me think of the late, great Bobby Plager, who couldn't even watch sometimes because he was so nervous. He would just pace back and forth in the press box with that cup of coffee. What was it like for you to watch the games throughout the playoffs? Did you have any sort of routine or superstition as you would watch those games? Not really. Like, I mean, I, you know, he, I knew he was very nervous. I mean, I mean, coach me when we won in the minors, I could tell he, you know, anxiety with him was just like way through the roof, but he was so great about everything and how he, well, big guy, you know, give me a punch in the arm. I think we better get so-and-so going tonight. Or, well, big guy, what do you think? And then, you know, he walked out of there and always have his thought on what his, his opinion of what would happen would be. And, and he would, and he would go, you know, he'd have his emotion and, and yet, you know, it meant so much to him. That's the only, actually, you know, staying back, even though, you know, I was, you know, I watched what happened, but my biggest regret was not going with them on that trip because of, you know, the, obviously, you know, Holly and, and Walt and Al and guy, the guys that went, I mean, I mean, Chop was there, but Bernie, the guys that were there, you know, 
that got involved in that part of it. That's the one miss that I had. But I tell you what, it was pretty impressive to see what happened in that city after they won. Chaser, a couple more things. Number one, uh, I think you told the story on the fast lane. I don't know if you've ever told it with Michelle and I, how your driver in the parade got lost. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to fathom anybody can get lost in a parade when you win a you know, win a cup, but our driver was, he was awesome. He was an older gentleman and we were on that 19, like a 1939 fire truck. And, uh, and he, and he's got a big wooden steering wheel and he's taking this thing, this, this fire truck and he's, he's, you know, it's Armstrong steering, right? There's no power steering in it. And there's myself, Cavallini, Dunlop, Patey and John Ham on this, on this float and Brownie were on this float. And, uh, as we turn on Broadway, you know, we got to go down one block and the police whip around us in these golf carts with the lights on, kind of go through the crowd towards Bush Stadium. And all of a sudden, our guy doesn't realize you make a left hand turn down to the arch and he goes with the with the two police cars. He follows the two police golf carts off the parade route and down towards Bush Stadium. Now, it's hard to get lost in a parade. OK, it was a million and a half people. And the poor old guy is like he's rattled, right? So now he's backing up this, trying to get this truck turned around on the street, on Broadway, and he's whipping it back and forth. It's like the Austin Powers movie, you know, it's going back and forth, back and forth. And finally, Larry Patey jumps off the back of the truck, goes and stands on the side of the fire truck, and he starts helping him with the steering because it's so hard to steer. He pops the clutch, runs into a group of people being hauled in another golf cart like an eight-passenger. And they get hung up on the bumper and the guy's screaming. So now I got to jump off the truck and settle this guy down and tell him to relax. We get back onto the parade route and the clutch and brakes are going on this truck because it's, and we come into the parade route hot and we're yelling at people to get out of the road. We come in right in between the coaches and the players. He makes the turn, paints himself in, and we go down towards the arch and we just literally roll down through by the players, by the float, by the fire trucks, into a wedding, okay, into a wedding that's out on the lawn, and we come to a stop, and we're all looking at each other, and we're howling because you can't make it up. Like you got lost in a parade route, and then you went through a wedding down at the arch, and you know we, this wedding party's coming out, and we're just kind of going right through them, and we come to a stop, and nobody was hurt. And uh, the next day, I think actually, I think somebody had the gentleman on ESPN the next day, but. I had it was one of the great it was one of the great stories of that parade. We we were just laughing. I told uh, I told Ham. I said, you know, if this doesn't end up on Fallon or something, then you're not worth the shit because this is this is a great story. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's an unbelievable! Story. I could, I'm just picturing the wedding party being like, wait, is that Kelly Chase and, and John? Hale? <laughs> it wasn't like they didn't know what was going on. There was a million people, and they were kind of breaking away from the wedding or whatever. And we just. You know, I could see the groomsmen just kind of held up, and they stopped walking across the street and went right through. and just glide out into the grass, and everyone got off the truck laughing. It's great. Unbelievable. Well, that, uh, Chaser, was, I think, the best party any of us have probably ever been to. Just the days following the Cup win were epic. But as you look back on that, who do you think was the MVP of, of that party? It, it could be a current player, former player, coach, whomever. Come on, you guys know who the MVP of the Stanley Cup party was. There's so many people it could be. That. Who do we, you think it was? No, there's only one person, Randy. Come on. We win blues. There's nobody that... There's nobody that touched Brett Hall as far as partying in it. You guys know for a fact that there was nobody that even come close to touching it. 
I thought he was he ran away with first place at the party. Would you put Pat Maroon in that combo, or do you think Holly just... Not even close. <laughs> Pat Maroon couldn't carry Holly's bag to the rink when it come to partying. <laughs> yeah, he's, no, he's he's secretariat in the Belmont. Holly is 31 links ahead of everybody yeah, else. Running away. The greatest part about that when he was going up, they, 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 they didn't want to let him up on the stage, right? But Army, I think, said, like, just like, let's keep him off the stage right now. or not. We're not going to let him speak right now. He's pretty banged up. And he just walked. And so he tells the cops... Two seconds later, after I get off, Holly's walking by. <laughs> he goes by me. He goes, but police are both going, hey, hey, Brett. I, hey, Holly. They just let him go. And they never said a word. He went out, grabbed the microphone from Curbs, did his thing. And I'm, I'm laughing. I'm dying, right? Army goes, somebody's got to get him off stage. I'm like, <laughs> get his wife because I'm not going up there. Because the only thing that's going to be worse than him singing up there is me wrestling with him on national TV to get him off the stage up there. That would be worse. So I just was laughing. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> it was. Hey, Chaser, one last thing before we let you go. Let's move to current times. How about Pat Maroon? Four, uh, four straight Stanley Cup finals now. I love it. I love it. I hope he wins because it'll just add to the allure of, of, of him and, and what he's done and what he's accomplished as a player. I mean, it's great. It's one thing. I mean, we talk about it and we joke about it a little bit with him, but the fact that he's playing in his fourth Stanley Cup in a row is unbelievable. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I mean, truly, you just, you just, you know, you know, you think, well, those are reserved for the, you know, the Montreal Canadiens greats and Hall of Famers or the, or the Islanders or the Oilers. But the fact in a modern era, a guy can play in four Stanley Cups, the finals, uh, and win possibly. Like, Corey Perry's been in the last three, and he hasn't won one. Yeah, I mean, he's won in Anaheim, but he hasn't won in the last three. But to win on top of it all, I mean, they're going to have their hands full with Colorado. We all know that. But it's so great for him. And, I'm, I mean, I love the kid, and I'm I obviously been around from the start. So I kind of know where it's, you know where he's came from. I think it's awesome. I'm so happy. I'm so proud of him. And, um, you know, it's like, it's like a, a father, you know, because you just see all he's accomplished in – you know, kind of the path that he had to take. And he was unsure of himself for the longest time. And the fact that um, he is where he is now, I can tell you he's not unsure of himself now. No, no doubt. Chaser, we always appreciate you taking the time. We always love hearing from you. And, <laughs> and the stories are the best. And by the way, you're a great dad. Have a happy Father's Day on Sunday. Thank you. Take care. All right, we'll talk to you soon. That is former Blues player and broadcaster Kelly Chase and one of the funniest people you'll ever hear. Is that not one of the all-time stories we've ever heard? Oh, yeah, unbelievable. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. 
And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.